Welcome to the Any Given Chance podcast. Stories about passion and sacrifice. What actually goes on behind the scenes in the consistent chase of everything. We're going to bring you some untold stories. Some of people you know, some of people you don't. These stories that we bring on with our guests are nothing short of inspiring and will get you out there chasing your own goals as well. Join me, your host, 3AM365, Matty Menon, as we dive into these incredible stories. And of course, as the podcast grows, so do we together. So stick with us from the start, hit that like and share, subscribe button, get your family and friends involved, and we'll see where we are in 100 podcasts. No days off, no excuses. Jag, got him. him. Welcome. Thanks for coming on board. Any given chance. What a fun podcast this is going to be today, bud, because, mate, you are a man of many talents and young and up and coming, young, dumb and full of karma, as they say. (laughs) Something like that. So um, just tell the uh, listeners who are out there what you're actually doing as a career at the moment. All right. Well, first of all, thanks for having us on here, Matty. Uh, Should be a good time. Obviously, I'm a professional jockey. Been doing it probably for, well, I started my apprenticeship in 2013, left grade 10 and started over the Christmas holidays and just fell in love with it and thought, yeah, there's definitely sort of, at that stage of my life, there was nothing else that I wanted to do other yeah. than that. So I was happy enough to stick with it and give it a crack. And so far it's taken me a fair way. Look at, look at me now, mum. Look yeah. at me now, I've made it. Yeah. Um, Funny you say that. Mum actually, um, when my, so my grandfather actually sort of rang me and was trying to get me into it. Yeah. And when I told my mum, she said, she got me on the laptop straight away and was searching up bad, bad, ah. like bad things about being a jockey. Yeah. I'm looking at all these things on the internet about injuries and falls and all this stuff. She was, yeah, she was trying to talk me out of it. And yeah. now, now she's um, one of the first ones to get down to the races and watch. Watch your play. Man, um, wow, so you don't come from a racing background. Nah, not at all. Not, not a horse background, nothing? Nah. Funny enough, my dad was actually a apprentice jockey to Kay Tinsley on the Gold Coast when he was 15. So my family had always grown up very locally to um, around the turf club. And yeah, my dad left grade 10 and sort of did the same thing. And he, only because he lived around the corner and he went and did his apprenticeship and he started riding track work and got sort of through a few trials. And then he was too interested in surfing and he um, went out on the piss and got in a brawl and broke his arm and then had a bit of time off and then he come back and broke the same wrist again straight away. So I think over up he would have probably had oh, a good three months off and he'd sort of got heavy and he was too interested in partying and surfing and back then that's all he wanted to do. So Well, he, that would have been... Was he living on the Goldie? Or? Yeah, yeah. He, Mate, that's prime reality in the Goldie. That's when the Goldie was killing it. That's yeah. when no one was out, Kira. You know, yeah. all the surf clubs were going off. And yeah, well, he, a few of his mates were... Um, really good surfers like he grew up with Ralph Pullinger yeah growing, um, growing up with him and Munger and all that yeah Munger Barry yeah so he um yeah he wasn't interested in horse riding at all <laughs> he um he was too interested in surfing and Kay Tinsley said to him look if you're gonna get heavy and you're not all for it I suggest you sort of move on and yeah he moved on and started a painting apprenticeship and yeah sort of then that was the last any of our family had anything to do with horses and I think my grandfather sort of don't know whether he maybe wanted me to pursue the same thing or yeah. that I was just a bit of a rat of a kid at school. So Yeah, school wasn't for... No, nah, school wasn't I think I spoke, we spoke um, with Lukey D, Lukey Dippman, the man. He's the same, dropped out, went... Old yeah. boy shipped him off over to New Zealand. Yeah. Did an apprenticeship. I'm the same. I was 
barely hanging in there in year nine, yeah. surfing, doing everything. Um, school wasn't for me. And, you know, by the time I was 20, I was starting my own businesses. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Yeah, so look, mate, and, and we spoke about that. Sometimes that higher education is, is for the right people and we yeah. need doctors and brain surgeons. And, yeah, but, that's but that's just it. not us. No, nah, that, that's what I mean. There's gotta, someone's got to do it. But yeah. um, my brain didn't have that sort of... My brain didn't over, overwork at school. Yeah. Too, too much thinking for me was enough. I'd just go crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, it. Um, and, and the way you learn as well, um, I think the way I learn is, is doing. Hands on. Uh, hands on. Hands on. Yeah. The same with you? Or? Yeah, I, I can't do any sort of technology, computer, paperwork. Yeah. Of that. It just, doesn't sink no. in. No, I've got to be out there, hands on, doing it. Yeah, right. So um, the first question I want to ask you, Jag, Chester, Gutham, or Jag, Gutham and Chester? Gutham and Chester. Gutham yeah. and Chester. And what's the, what's the two names? What's so the... mum and dad couldn't split which one they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you I got both. I, I actually don't know. But they, they weren't married, so they decided yep. to go with um, hyphenated Gutham and Chester. So Gutham's me mum's. Side, side and yep. Chester's dad's rolls off the tongue though. Yeah, as well. Oh, there you go. That's what I've always been. Into. I was like, well, I wonder why it's double hyphenated. Anyway, yeah. so Goldie, born and bred. Yeah, I was born in Southport Hospital. Hectic. Um, so so you're one of fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. no there's no locals on the Goldie, and you're yeah, one of them. Yeah. So I grew up here, and funny enough, I've actually grown up within ten kilometres of the turf club my whole life, and, wow. and never never had anything to do with it. Going funny story. Going back when I was probably. 11, 12, 13, I had a couple of mates living in the Sandringham complex, which is across the road from the turf club. And growing up there, our thing to do every weekend was um, water bomb and egg taxis that come through. <laughs> <laughs> when you could get away with it, eh? Yeah, back then. So we used to have a bit of fun getting chased. And funny enough, I think um, Marianne Brosnan's partner, who works at the track now, I, I'm still confident to today it was him one day that chased us on his bike saying he's going to break our legs <laughs> did, it, did you ever get caught no no too quick knew all the yeah. back streets yeah, that's little it. paths eh? I used to used to love the adrenaline of the oh that like man that. can't get away with that anymore no <laughs> being grommet back in the day yeah. eh? so, rocking roofs and yeah yeah wow so yeah, no introduction to, to horse racing at all. You've just um, found your way into it. Look, before we jump into that and, and really dive into your career, because I, I want to go over that and I want to speak about how good you've been going on the back of horses lately. And uh, I think yeah. it's off the back of uh, a lot of effort um, from yourself. But like I said, man of many talents. You're boxing as well. We, we'll jump into that down the line. But let's start off as a grommet growing up in the Goldie. Surf, skate, yeah, BMX. So, um, growing up when I was younger, the guy that sort of, I've always, like my dad was a bit of a grommet himself. Like when, yep. he, when he had us, he was still thought he was 21. I think he still does now. So um, <laughs> he, he always, we always grew up with bikes and skateboards and I'm talking from the age of, my mum, I've got a photo of me when I was not even two years old riding a skateboard down the driveway. Yeah. And um, yeah, mum reckons that I was just one of those kids that was just a nutter. Yeah. So she said I was riding a bike without training wheels before two and just just being a menace. I was climbing out of my cot before I could walk. And, and yeah, so in our backyard, it was like a playground. Dad always used to build dirt jumps. And then we had a guy that lived across the road from us who he was an older... Oh, when I say old, I was young back then, so yeah, he was yeah. probably in his mid-20s. Yeah. And he um, built a half pipe in his, across the yard and we always used to skate it. Yeah. And he moved out and he said, oh, I can't take the ramp. I'll swap you for a motorbike for the ramp. So we had a spare Pee Wee 50 there 
And we said, yeah, we'll give you that for the skate ramp. So then we ended up with a full half pipe in our in backyard the back. growing up. Well, man, I remember that's all you wanted to build when you were a grommet. Yeah. Was, Let's build a half pipe. It, it was a wicked one. It was probably three, four foot coping. Oh, um, you're kidding. Big, big bank either side with chairs. And we used to just skate that every day. And it just sort of grew from there. And then one side, we sort of skated a little bit went while we had the half pipe. And then mum and dad split up and sort of got rid of the half pipe and sort of moved out of the house that was our family home and from there we sort of sort of lost away a bit in skating but mm. I sort of moved to motorbikes a little bit we always had motorbikes but mainly just push bikes yeah so I used to just growing up always used to head down to the BMX track at Ashmore there and, and then I actually got into BMX racing yeah I was always there so I did a bit of BMX racing and then obviously on the coast everywhere you ride motorbikes was just shut down and it was sort of Back when we were young, it was a bit of a mission to sort of dad to take us out anywhere far. So then we sort of, I've still got three motorbikes now, but I rarely get out on them. But so I just, it was always something. Then I was scootering, skating. And then as I got a bit older, old enough to go out and do my own thing, I think grade eight, got back into skateboarding and skated all the way through to probably grade nine or 10. And then I still get on the skateboard now. Yeah. Still get on the BMX and then, yeah. yeah so Mate, I, I love it as well. I'm, um... Yeah, I was back down the park the other day, except uh, I've got to go down at, as soon as I finish my run at 6am, so none of the grommets yeah. put me to shame. Yeah, that's yeah I've still got a few moves left in me, but uh, it's, it's a lot quieter around then. Yeah, than I, was, it is. I um, got on the skateboard for the first time for a while the other day, and I, same thing, I got to the skate park and I was almost mate, embarrassed. Yeah, I remember uh, being a grommet with a half pot, touching back up on that. Mate, that's all you wanted to build, all yeah. you wanted to do when you were growing up. <laughs> we used to go raid. Uh, building sites. Yeah. Like, oh, there's three bits of wood. That, that'll do. And try yeah. and collect it over time. Um, funny story. We'll branch off onto something else here. What we actually did with the wood, instead of building a ramp, we go, we thought, oh, we're never going to get enough wood to build a skate ramp. Let's build a raft because it was like a yeah. westerly day, like yeah. today. Bored, no ways. Let's build a raft. And we end up building a raft and tied some bodyboards together and some, all this wood and yeah. launched it and yeah, we end up drifting out into the shipping channel. Oh, really? Yeah, and one of our mates, had to, we didn't know what to do, and he, he jumped off and swam in to, to Moffat Headland, yeah. and instead of going and getting the lifeguard to come get us, around, he, he was hungry, so we went and got a feed first. No way. Yeah. That's and come back. But, yeah, all off trying to build a skate ramp in That's the backyard. Funny, funny talking about stuff you build, like in our backyard, we talk about bike ramps. Dad picked up these um, a motocross ramp because my nan had a farm at Boona, and when we were riding motorbikes, we always wanted to set up the freestyle ramp with a patch of dirt. Yep, yep. And he bought a big, probably eight-foot ramp for the dirt bikes. And the guy that he bought it off gave us a little, like, two, three-foot little freestyle ramp. And we just put that around the side of the house and used to have this one plank of wood that was only skinny with sitting on two big bricks. And we'd just jump it until we could spread it further and further and further. And we would jump... I've got a photo on my dad's laptop jumping this bike, probably a good... 10, 15 metres, no, probably not 15, a good 10 metres, and the landing is just sitting on two bricks upright, like, and I'd, you look back at it now and you just go, I don't know how it is, kill me. <laughs> Mate, so. um, there's no grommets doing that these days, no, just, no, no. it's like no helmet on, no, no. shoes on. Just no, the, the, the kids these days are in doing gymnastics and, and training from the age of five to become professionals. You're setting up BMX bike ramps on two bits of brick. And yeah. Maybe well, I'll land it, maybe I'll die. Or well, these days they're just sitting on iPads with headphones yeah, oh, on. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's it. Yeah. Creating their own world on social media that they think they're special. You, you <laughs> aren't, you little rats. Get out there, do something worth talking about. Yeah, so growing up, Goldie, 
surfing, mate. When did you get into surfing? I, I, I suppose yeah. sk- surfing and skating come hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, I, it's funny enough you say that because I surf, I sk- always skate regular. And when I picked up surfing, I'm actually goofy. So as much as... <laughs> You're one of those blokes. Yeah, so as much as it's similar, it's different for me because yeah. I've tried to get up and surf regular thinking, oh, I'll, maybe I'll surf better if I surf regular because I can skate all right. And I, I stand up and it's just like, whoa, can't What's go. going on now? Yeah. And I wakeboard regular and everything. So I just don't... What? Know, yeah, I don't know where I picked surfing goofy from. Especially living on the Goldie, yeah. you got right hand points yeah. just the whole way down, and yeah. you decide, no, 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 I'll be on my backhand. That's nuts. And you skate natural and you yeah. wakeboard natural. Yeah, everything natural, but surfing, it's crazy. But um, I was, funny enough, I was actually never a fan of the beach as a young kid. Yeah, right. So my dad used to, he always, he used to still surf when we were growing up, and he tried to drill us into getting, getting into it, and I could never do it. I was just like, nah, I don't like the surf, don't like the surf. In school, I was a swimmer, so like I just like swimming in a pool. Like I don't, right. wanna, I don't want to go to the beach. And I think I might have, I don't know. I think I maybe when I was young, I got caught in a rip once and got a bit scared. And I was like, oh nah. And then uh, probably grade eight, I got back. I started to. Well, they actually, my mum and dad made me do nippers at Northcliffe for a year, and um, that made me a bit more comfortable. But I still wasn't a big fan. But then as I got older, I just naturally become comfortable with it. And then I actually started bodyboarding in grade eight through to probably grade nine. A couple of my mates were all boogers. Yeah. And then I think I, I got expelled from grade Benalla High <laughs> in grade nine for just being a menace. And um, I, I got expelled. Well, well, nah, nah, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> what was the breaking factor that you got expelled for? Right, <laughs> oh, I'm sure I there's many of them yeah, leading yeah, up to it, yeah. but just what's the one that they went, nah, that's it, you're so, out. So <laughs> the principal actually said to my parents it was the last straw on the camel's back. Yeah. Like I just worked it up. And um, so all year I just found myself in trouble, trouble. And then anyway, there was this little kid. I wouldn't say little because I was smaller than him. But um, there was this kid in my class in maths in grade sort of three quarters away through grade nine. And he was a bit of a esha, a bit of a ratty kid, hanged out, mm. hanged out at Australia Fair bus stops. And mm. I was just always like, nah, don't like this kid. Yeah. And um, anyway, he's sitting in front of us at um, maths and he... And he, I'm sitting behind him and I could see in his pocket he had like this, a lighter and a, um, a pipe hanging out of his pocket. And I thought, oh, look at this. And I said, I de- said to my mates, like, this bloke's got pipe and that in his bloody pocket. I said, I'll pinch it off him. So I've walked up <laughs> behind him and I've pinched the pipe out of his pocket. And then anyway, at lunchtime, I've gone around and oh, I've pinched this pipe off this bloke. And anyway, one of the kids in my grade approached me and goes, oh, I'll buy the pipe off you for 10 bucks. <laughs> and I was like... And I said, oh, yeah, you beauty, I'll get tuck shop. So yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 bucks tuck shop for me, that's sweet. So I said, yeah, all right, sweet. Anyway, the thing stunk. And I was like, <laughs> and I actually had um, headache tablets in my bag, for, like with a container of them. Yeah. And they, were, they might not have been headache, I don't know, but they had a prescription and it had my name on it. Yeah. So anyway, I thought, oh, the pipe stinks. He goes, you got anything to put it in? I go, oh, yeah, I'll put it in this box. So anyway, I give him the pipe and put it in a box, got me tuck shop. Anyway, and then... He's um, gone and, as you do as a young kid, he's gone and told all his friends, oh, I bought a pipe, I bought a pipe. Anyway, <laughs> all his mates dobbed him in to the principal. So ah. he's, he's, he's been called up to the office and searched his bag and then they've gone, oh, so what do you got? And he's like, oh, I got, got this pipe. And then he's told the principal that he bought it off me and it's in a medication box with my name on it. And I was, so then um, the principal's called me up and, um, yeah, it was actually classified as selling drug implements on school grounds. Get yeah. 
Are you serious? Yeah, and it like, and so I was pretty much like made to feel like I was, yeah, drug dealing or selling drug implements. And I just thought, mate, I'll just pick this up off the classroom floor and just sold it for touch up. Money. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I've, I've got 10 bucks. There was a yeah, cream cream donut there, yeah. two pies, and I came home with change. Yeah, they used to make these pizza sub things like, yes, like five bucks. Yeah. I got a pizza sub and a milk, and I was like cheering. Done. Yeah. And actually, funny, they so at first I didn't get expelled. I got it suspended for 20 days. Mm. And... um. So I took the 20 days and then right at the end of the 20 day suspension, the principal had reached out. And I think that's when they've had the conversation going, we've had enough of this kid. So they've expelled me at the end of the suspension. And there was only like, I think there was only six or seven weeks left of grade nine. Yep. So it was too late in the year to go to another school. Yeah. So I just had like the longest Christmas holiday ever. Wow. Like it was, you get, what do you get Christmas holiday these days? Six or seven weeks. Yeah, so, I, so yeah. I had like 14. Wow. 14 weeks. And that's where I took up surfing. Yeah. So in the 14 weeks, I'd, my mum had was living in Main Beach at a unit. And I was actually living at my dad's place in Benoa um, at, when I was going to school. And when I got expelled and all my mates are at school every day and I'm sitting at home, dad's at work, I was sort of in Benoa, what do you do? Like, I'm not going to go skateboarding by myself. So I ended up just hanging out most of the time at my mum's unit in Main Beach. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'd just take my boog down and some days I'd get it, like, to myself, no one out, pumping. Pumping. And I'd ended up, um, towards the end, I'd sort of boog for that long of a morning. I'd go home and get breakfast and I'd feel like, oh, I'm going to try surf. So then I'd take both down to the beach every day for seven weeks and just rotate, bodyboard, surfboard, bodyboard. And then, yeah, I picked up the surfing and then fell in love with that. And yeah. Started from there. Mate, growing up, mate, that's, people don't understand. The beaches down here on the Goldie pump. Yeah, they're like, good. Yeah, and you, like, can, you can jag a couple of banks on your own every now yeah. and then. It doesn't last long because the word gets out very fast. Yeah, well, like, but because the beaches are so spread out, you find you get most of your locals. Like, if you yep. go, I sort of always grown up in Main Beach, so I just go out at Breaker Street or Woodruff Avenue, yep. sort of Naranek. Wave Street, Nobby Beach. Yeah, but, um, Naranek at the moment's got an overly crowded people that you never see there before. Like it's yeah. still in my head in, but Breaker Street, like all my mates that we grew up, like you go out there and it's everyone you know out there. Yeah. So whether it's busy or not, it's you're still in, in rotation. You, and, you know yeah. everyone, and but yeah, I, I that's where I find myself most days. Like yeah. if it, if it's a bit windy or whatever, you still bit of swell, you yeah. still find a wave out there. Still with, find some ramps and yeah. whatnot. And I, I um, yeah, I hate going down the points. So. Oh mate, you got a full like. I got to sit here for fifteen minutes, have a conversation with myself, going, "All right, yeah. this is what you're gonna do." Yeah. Like it's a full pump up, but um, man, you get you get hell waves. Yeah, you get a couple of waves and you're sweet. I've got um, mate, best wave. Ooh longest wave of my life. I, I stepped off at, down at Kira there, yeah. out from out the back snapper, all the way through, through to Kira and just, yeah, not all the way to the beach, obviously, but it came off in the middle. But yeah. Yeah, legs burning and all that. Yeah, it was hectic. I tried to do that another time, actually. I got a leg burner and then it jacked up through the superbank through the middle. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting a chewed here. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, it was travelling in it. Um, and then I realised I'm not coming out of this. Yeah. And then I realised my legs were burning. I had no oxygen whatsoever yeah. because I was like... Just the adrenaline. Yeah, and then I, I got pinned for ages. I remember coming up just holding on to my board going... <gasps> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's funny. Yeah. So that's one thing I've always never been real good at. Like, I'll go out when the swell's big, but I'm always... 
I'm always the one to be getting smashed and I'm always terrible at holding <laughs> me breath. Like I've got mates that'll go out in sort of six to eight foot and just get ones on the head like nothing. Yeah, like nothing, when, yeah. When they hit me on the head, mate, I'm, I feel like I'm under for two minutes. Yeah. I, I come up like I'm just, I'm nearly drowned. Like, oh, like, mate, you got to work on those breathing techniques. That yeah. was that thing that I give you the other day to yeah. lose that weight, mate. It's all about breath. Um, yeah. That's what I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning about that now, reading a lot of books on it, um, especially with, because of, decided to take up the fucking sport of running they reckon um, it's um my everything mom, my mum's getting into it breathing, yeah breathing work she's got these um bowls that she does and all the breathing work and that she yeah. reckons it can change every like everything ridiculous um, a lot of things yeah like between it. breathing and your your gut microbiome and, and your diet and everything like that because your gut speaks to your brain um those two things basically control your it's life it's crazy that you bring that up because i was just watching a video on facebook obviously being a jockey tra trouble with my diet and yeah. weight and things like that. I actually went and got a um, detox thing done the other day and the guy said something about, you know, I told him that I've got sugar cravings and stuff like that. And when I'm wasting and not eating and drinking, I crave sugar. So I live off Red Bulls, like when I'm cutting weight and stuff like that. And he said, oh, it's no good for your gut. And then he explained something about drinking bone broth can help you from craving this and that and bloody. Yeah. I offered <laughs> you one, Buzz, yeah. when you walked in. And then I, um, two days ago, I seen a video on Facebook about this doctor a 20 minute video about gut health and how important it is and I got sat there and got stuck watching the whole thing it just opened my eyes and made me realise like, how important it is well this, this is and we'll jump into your career soon but um, look when you're speaking to old dudes like us we've, we've been through it for the last next 15 yeah. years so we pick up the knowledge along the way and, and through you know playing sports and rugby league and all that you know I'm the same as you I peaked interest when I was your yeah. age trying to make it and break it through so you have to make sacrifices and learn about this stuff to continue on but you'd be fresh as a wet willy yeah. um, mate I could we'll, we'll have a chat and I'll show you some stuff after it but mate I can't say more um, yeah. get, get your butt, gut, gut right um, and everything follows off that. Get yeah. your gut and breathing, breathing work, and wow, watch everything change, and watch those hungers and sugar cravings cry, go. Like yeah. I know it's fast, like and the caffeine and that will drag you out from feeling hungry. But mate, if you do some, um, you know, hard work for four to eight weeks yeah. and get in that zone, you'll find it a yeah. lot easier. Well, let, let's go into that um, surfing. You're ripping. BMX, ripping, skateboarding, ripping, and like I said, I'm going to edit this and put some videos on here. You fucking animal, this bloke. Jockeying, now you're 21, you're still growing. What do you walk, what do you walk around at? What do so you weigh? I, um, I probably walk around at a comfortable 60, yep. 60 kilos. On a good day, 59, pushing to be on 58. Yep. Terrible day, could be 61. But um, I try and... How's that one kilo is a terrible oh, day? That's like, holy when, when you tell people, like, when you tell people the balance between sort of a couple kilos, it means mm. means nothing to them. But, like, when you do it as a job where, like, 300 grams is a difference. Correct. It's crazy yeah. how much one kilo. And you get reprimanded hard if you're yeah. over. Yeah. And then, or, once again, losing rides. We've spoken about yeah. this with Lukey. So um, where did you do your apprenticeship when you got... Who, how'd you get into it? If you're so, not from there and, you, and your grandfather pushed you into, into horse riding... How'd you, would you rock up the door, knock on the door, yeah. go, hey, someone want to take me on? Well, obviously, um, it was sort of going through grade nine. I was looking for a job and I w always, because like my mum and dad weren't well off and we always worked, they always worked hard for their money and we... Wheat beaks, yeah, and, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah, and like, yeah same I, ne here. I never got anything given to me. No. Like um, nothing special anyway. Like oh, we always just were sort of got what we needed and that was it. And I always sort of was happy to work for a bit of money and yep. 
did get a bit of pocket money and I was looking for a job and my grandfather, I don't know, he's not in racing and he's not a punter, but he must, I don't know, he must have followed it. And I think dad doing it as a young kid, I think maybe he kept sort of in, a bit of inside him, made it, yeah. me want to sort of give it a go. Yeah. And he kept hounding me. Like I'd go up, he lives in Bribey Island, we'd go up there for Christmases and that and he'd go, oh, are you keen to get into jockeying yet? And I'm just thinking, no, mate, like, <laughs> no way. And I'm just like, this is like you're young, just start surfing and skating. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking, mate, horses, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm not getting into that. I haven't seen a horse before. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he kept drilling it into me, drilling it into me, and then he'd ring me up and he'd, he started ringing my dad saying, like, get him, take him down to the stables, get him a job there. And I just thought, no, I'm not working weekends, picking up horse shit, like... And anyway, I ended up getting a job at KFC and then I... <laughs> That's much better. <laughs> yeah, I worked at um, KFC for like six months and then I got a job at Surface Maccas and worked there for probably six months. Did, you, then... did you get the belt buckle? The Maccas belt buckle? No, oh, no, I didn't have it. Back then, I don't know if I got the belt. Mate, we used to get jobs at Maccas so we could get the belt buckle so we could wear it at school and think we're fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only reason why we went and got jobs at Maccas. Yeah, but... no, I didn't get no belt buckle. But, oh. um, and then, yeah, I was sort of... I think, it, yeah, it was probably, wasn't long after I had grade 10 left. He So through grade nine, he was hounding me to go to the stables. And anyway, I ended up going to Maccas and KFC. So he sort of sort of forgot about it. I thought, no, I've got a job, like, making me 80 bucks, 100 bucks a week. Like, that's all I need. Yeah. Anyway, and then sort of three quarters away, just before I'd sort of, it was probably, yeah, probably a month or two before finishing grade 10, he'd rang me up out of nowhere and goes, oh, are you keen on going back to school next year? And he knew I was getting in a bit of trouble and that. And I said, oh, no, nah, why? And he goes, oh, well, I'll maybe get you an opportunity for an apprenticeship. And I said, oh, yeah, what doing? He goes, jockeying. And I was like, you're kidding. Like, he never forgot about it. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I've got, um, I've rang around. Um, I've, I've got a guy that wants to see you. Um, next weekend, I'll take, we're going to go in there for an interview and um, see how it goes. And I thought, oh, yeah. And anyway, next few days, I was shitting myself going, oh, God, what? That's when I told mum, and mum had gone, oh, no, no, you're not doing that. Yeah. And so then um, two weeks later, he drove down to the coast, and we went in there with my dad. And, um, yeah, we went to Bruce Hill Racing at the stables there, a bundle, and I walked in and sort of said hello. And I was, back then, I was, oh, well, I was riding a 5'4". So I would have been, like, 5'3", five, 5'2", five, yeah. like, tiny, had long blonde hair. Walked in there, and I've gone to the stable, and Brucey Hill, if anyone knows who Bruce Hill is, you know he's big denim jeans and baggy singlet, like, old bloke, and I've just gone, oh, God, like, he looked scary. And I was like, oh, no. Anyway, we're going in there, had our interview, and it was an interview of not many words at all. It was just sit down, just told me A to B, like, you're here, if you want to be a jockey, put 100% in. If not, don't waste me time. And then he said, um, you know, I'm happy to give you the go, but... Make sure you put the 100% in. And then he said, um, you've got to be prepared to be put on your ass a few times. Yeah. And then that was pretty much the conversation of the interview. And I just was like, well, I didn't say anything. I just kept nodding my head like, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we walked out and um, he said, so I told him, like, yeah, I've got two, I think I had two weeks left of grade 10. And he said, um, well, obviously, we'll start. Don't start yet. He said, I'm happy to take you on through the Christmas holidays and just see how it goes. So, yeah, and then two weeks later, I think I'd said him I'd start in three so I could have a week holiday, yeah. Christmas holidays. Anyway, so I had the week off and then I went in and started first morning at 3.30, went in there and funny enough, I went in there and I'd done a whole week and I, I really liked it, I enjoyed it. But then I, my brother had just been to Splendour in the Grass 
and he's a couple of years older than me and he come home with this massive virus and like got me crook as I was like bedridden for a week. Uh. So my second week there, I'd had a whole week off and they probably thought I wasn't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, I went back and yeah, I loved it. I think I fell in love with it straight away, just working with the horses and yeah. stuff. That was in 2013. So Beats, Maccas and KFC. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And then I oh, know anim- horses, well, I love animals um, as much as you do, but um, horses are, have got wits, don't they? They've yeah, got brains. It's crazy. Yeah. It was funny when I heard. When I heard sort of I was going to start doing it, we will hang all me and my mates, so no one's around horses, and me and my mates on the weekend, I would tell them, oh, I'm going to start working at the racetrack in, in two weeks. So we'd get on our pushies and ride around to the stable at Gillian Heinrichs where the horses would put their heads over. Yeah. And we'd all ride up on our bikes going, oh, I'm going to be like working with these things and I'd be trying to pat them and stuff, like <laughs> just like getting a feel for the horse. And I'd never seen, like touched a horse. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. Don't so, know. A bloody half a million dollar racehorse and you got six yeah. kids around there going, ah. Yeah, and one of the workers, I remember coming around the corner and said like, Yo, you can't be playing with the horses and that yeah. and I was just like oh I'm going to be working here in two weeks like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah tough as anything yeah, yeah. I'm like you know, oh, yeah, man. I, I, I got a job for Bruce Hill <laughs> I like it. oh man how funny <laughs> next minute the horse kicks out snaps his leg but it was funny oh. yeah but everything sort of went real quickly like once I started working for Bruce um, I was lucky enough his foreman at the time was Donnie Barron who was an ex-jockey himself so mm. there was always somewhere there someone on the ground with me sort of putting the time in to teach me because I yeah. feel like if if he wasn't there I would, to get to the races would have taken me much longer yeah. but because he was there I think like the first my first morning I think he got me to sit on one like he'd come in the yard and said oh do you want to because I'd never sat on one or anything I didn't know anything I didn't know a bar from soap like nothing so they had to teach me from scratch like just about what side to stand on the horse like what to know about like watching out for the kicking the biting and like how to deal with them and walking them. So I'd start by walking them. And I remember the first day I walked one from the walking machine to its box and I got the lead. I think I held it on that tight. I was like, oh. <laughs> Please don't take me with yeah, you. Yeah, don't no. take me with you. But it went really quickly. So he got me to sit on the back of one first day. And then I think a couple of weeks in, he had me in a saddle just teaching me how to hold the reins, like how to hold your bridge and that and steering left and right and blah, blah, blah. And I think two weeks in, I was walking couple horses around the walking machine just like getting them warmed up for the riders and then started sort of trotting and it was funny I was actually I learned to trot up and down the concrete just like trotting up and down just warming the horse up and then yeah it took me to the round yard and started cantering around the round yard and then went into like a big sand ring like a big um, arena yeah started doing figure eights and cantering and stuff like that and then yeah he sort of got me around this train tech track and I thought I was killing it. I thought, yeah, I'm killing it. Like, I think this was like a couple of weeks in. I'm, I'm riding and then he's... he's so like, they've thrown you straight in the deep end. That, yeah. Like, that, it's not, it wasn't like learn the blah, 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 three months down the track. Pretty much, it was pretty it was much like, just, get on the back, let's go. Yeah, it was pretty much straight away. And I had a yeah. few moments in the arena where like a horse would start cantering pretty quickly with me, but they couldn't go anywhere. So yeah. they'd sort of half pull up themselves. But And I just thought, oh, this is easy, killing it. And anyway, we... He got me going around this little training track, just cantering. I was, thought I was going good. And then he, he got Bruce to come watch one morning. He goes, oh, he's riding all right. Like, he's got it. So Bruce come and watch me. And he, next day, Bruce goes, yeah, put him on another one. So anyway, I rode this other. I thought I was killing it on this one horse. It was just a gun horse, like a pony. <laughs> anyway, so Bruce has gone, oh, yeah, jump on this other one. It was an ex-race horse. Oh, he wasn't racing anymore. He'd 
just been in the box. Warrior within, he'd won a Grafton Cup and that, like, Bruce, one of Brucey's yeah. favourites. Yeah. And then Brucey goes, yeah, he's a quite old horse, he'll be right. Anyway, I think I got over his neck and went 10 metres and just went flat stick, like, round this training track first morning on a different horse. And I thought it was easy. I thought, oh, I'm killing it on this one horse. Like, get on another one. And the thing just bolted on me. Flat stick. And I'm, I remember just, like... Holding on. Just not knowing, like, I had no strength or anything. I think I started, when I went to the stable, it was 36 kilos. Wow. So I just, I just remember going, like, I couldn't get my head around how to stop this thing. Like, I thought, I've got nothing. Like, I couldn't pull on it, couldn't do anything. And I ended up um, bawling out in tears, like, just going, what the hell? Anyway, and then this, this, he just, this is what taught me. He kept putting me on the same one. Yeah. And eventually I got used to, like, it'd take off every day. Yeah. But it'd only go a lap, and then it'd pull up. Yeah. And then it'd go around and go again. Like, so it'd pull up and then go, pull up and go. Yeah. And Bruce just thought, oh, well, we'll just let him get used to it. And anyway, it, it worked. I ended up just never... Having I never, to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I never learned how to hold it, but I just got used to... Like, the first day it took off, I cried. And by the end of it, I'd be laughing. Like, towards the end, I'm just going... Just laughing, and then I think Bruce goes, "Oh, we can't keep it bolting every day." So, ended up. But yeah, and just from there, I went, started sort of ride, got my track work license, go to the main track. Could only ride a couple because I just had no strength at it whatsoever. Yeah. But um, so I st- that was December 2013. I think I got my track work license in February. So two months got my track work license, and then had my first jump out in April. So yeah, right. Like four months. I'd Bang, you're on the horse, this is what you do, let's go. Yeah, got to jump outs and then... Well, once again, you, there's no theory in all, yeah. uh, learning how to horse ride. I mean, no, it's just and, do it. And then, yeah. yeah, so I started doing jump outs. And then once I got to jump outs, it started, I started wanting to get there quickly. I thought, oh, I want, I want to do trials, I want to ride trials. And then my boss was like, no, you're not ready yet, you're not ready yet. And he's, I was like, oh, I'm doing jump outs, why can't I do trials? And he's like, no, and he goes, you're only doing jump outs on these quiet horses. He goes, you can't be doing trials like you got to, because trials you got to. If you get in behind something and you got to hold it, like you got to hold. Yeah, it, otherwise yeah. you're going over. Yeah, getting on heels. Yeah. yeah. So then I sort of didn't understand all of that, and then it took me probably a year to be able to ride most horses. Like, to, after being there for a year, I'd slowly built up not so much strength, but I'd learnt the technique of how to hold them a bit more. And then yeah, I had my first trial in December, so it was a a year, like a year exactly, just under a year to get from nothing to barrier trials. And you still got the bug? You're still buzzing? You're still yeah, like, this is exactly what I want to do? Yeah, this yeah, I still, I, I still get the buzz for it. Like, um, I think with the weight being like a heavier sort of jockey, I think the weight takes a bit of a toll. Like, three, like all year, non-stop, wasting week in, week out, takes a bit of toll and you sort of get burnt out a bit. Sometimes I'm thinking, oh, I need a break, look for this, look for that. But then whenever you have a break, you're always hungry to come back. So I think it's a good sign that I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, that's right. How good. Um, so first year trials, what, what goes on there? When, how long until your first race? So, and, and who was it? So I, so you have to do 25 barrier trials to get a race licence. And um, obviously Bruce wanted me to do a few more than 25. And I think I had my first trial on a horse called Fun. He was like a massive horse, like 18 hands, maybe even bigger. And I was tiny, I remember watching the video and I just like looked so small on it. Anyway, first trial, I jumped and led and it won. And I was like, oh, I won my first trial, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, then it took me, a, it took me, I got my race license in August. So it took me eight months to get 25 barrier trials done because it's just like, I think I had my first one. And then obviously 
Bruce didn't want me riding anyone else's trials for a while until I had a few for him. So obviously every set of trials we'd have, they'd only have them once every three, four weeks. Mm. And he'd only have maybe one or two quiet ones I could ride. And then, um, yeah, so it took me eight months to, I think, do about 30 trials. Then I got my race licence, I think, in August and had my first ride at Gympie. Then um, got lucky enough, rode a first winner um, first day out of the First race. ride, first winner? No, I don't think it was my first ride. I think it was no. my second ride. Okay. I had, I think, three or four for the day. Yep. But, um, yeah, rode a winner my first day out. And then I'd had a bit of luck. I'd, I think I was, yeah, I thought it was too easy. I think I rode f- first meeting. I went to um, Gympie and rode a winner. And then I think my second meeting, I rode a winner. I went Next week I rode another winner at, like, Nanango or something. And I went to Mount Isa and they were looking for a couple of jockeys. So me and another apprentice from the Gold Coast went up to Mount Isa and I rode a double. And I thought, oh, I've rode like four winners in the first four weeks riding. Cash and checks. Yeah. Cash and Nanango maiden checks. Yeah, so I'd, I had a, had a lot of luck and then, it, yeah, sort of went from there. Wow. Because there's people who get into it, that takes them years to get their first win. Yeah. You haven't got the right horse and, and whatnot. So from there, then... It, just grow. Yeah. Just, let's go. Yeah, let's absolutely. go. So obviously um, you do a lot of riding for Michael Costa now. Yeah. Um, how long were you with Bruce Hill for? Or do you st- so I was with Bruce Hill my whole apprenticeship. Yeah. So I start, started riding. When I started, I started and then sort of stayed with Bruce the whole time through till I was through the provincials, through the Metropolitan. And towards the time of when I got to Metropolitan, um, Brisbane and Eagle Farm, Doombin and that, Bruce didn't have many town horses, so I wasn't riding a lot for Bruce. I still ride all my track work for Bruce, but didn't ride much race day for him. And But when I got to town, I was riding a lot for Stephen O'Day. Yep. So I'd rode a lot for Steve, and I was getting a lot of outside rides. And then Costa only sort of come, moved to the Cold Coast late of my apprenticeship, and I mm. sort of started a connection with him there, sort of towards the last sort of year two of my apprenticeship. Um, he actually gave me my first Saturday City winner, funny enough. Who was it? Um, Stanley. Oh, yeah. It's called Stanley. It was yeah, in yeah a, I remember him. It was in a 2,200-metre race. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, um, I'd rode a couple midweek Wednesday meeting winners, but I haven't rode a Saturday City winner yet. And, yeah, I think he gave me my first winner. And I didn't ride a lot for him. Like, he gave me a couple wins here and there, but I didn't ride it overly much no. for him. But then as I started sort of riding in, Brisbane every Saturday on a regular. I um, most of my riding was for Stephen O'Day. Yeah, and I was um, lucky enough to win the apprentice title that year. And then the next year, I went on and I think I was six in front all the way all year. I thought I was going to go back to back, and then um, yeah, Bailey Notif overtook me. <laughs> last Nailed ya. Yeah, overtook me the last couple of months, and then um, yeah, so but I still had a good season. That's, yeah, that sat the season. What do you what do you end up doing, you boy? I think he. Might have beat me by, oh, it's hard to I think it was pretty close because I knew I was six in front and then a couple of months left, he'd sort of caught up to me. He was riding a shitload of winners for Golan. Ah, um, classic. Yeah. See, that's the next thing. Doesn't matter how I ride. You, you need the horse underneath you as well. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, yeah, and he rode a ton load of winners for what uh, Golan and then he caught up to me and then I remember he sort of got a few in front. He might have ended up finishing the season six or seven in front mm-hmm. of me. But um, I was I that same season, I'd won the... Gold Coast Premiership as well. So Beautiful. even though I didn't win the Brisbane one, I'd, I was pretty wrapped with winning the Gold Coast one considering I was yeah. riding in Brisbane most weeks anyway. Yeah, correct. So um, for the listeners out there, um, when we talk about racing seasons, wh- when is it? 
So the racing is 365 days a year, like it's no break. So the season goes all the way through 12 months and the season starts the 1st of August to the 31st of July. So that's one season. So to win a title, you have to be on. Like you said, yeah. you have those couple of weeks off and someone picks up three winners on a weekend. Or yeah. Two weeks in a row, that they're up your ass. That's what I don't like about racing. I mean... Yeah, I, I like it because I love racing um, yeah. and I, I'll watch it every day of the week. Uh, but for jockeys and athletes, there is no way that you can be at peak performance 365 days a year no. and, and you're judged on your peak performances consistently. Yeah. So if, if you did it back in January, you should be doing it in, in August, exactly the same there. Yeah. And I mean, fighters have fight camps. I, I'm training for a marathon. I've trained built into it for 12 weeks to peak at this one time. Um, they speak about wasting and doing, you know, what yeah. you need to do for the winter carnival when it comes up to here. Well, you know, it's, it's really hard to, to continue that. Like, winter carnival's finishing now. How do you hold that peak performance? And like you said, if you're wasting every week, how do you find that energy? How do you find yeah. that, that buzz to keep going? And, so. it's fun, and like any, I think any other professional athlete or someone like yourself that's doing that, you'd sort of look into what we do and think, you, you, that's what you'd expect like how do mm. you guys do it but it's when you've sort of been in games from 15 you sort of don't know any different because every other jockey's doing it you don't go okay. you don't look at them and go oh like how are you doing this you just I actually almost think like at early days I thought I was just expected to do it but then I've gradually over time learnt myself that I actually do need a break like yeah, I, I, 100%. I can't I can't yeah. go all year like with COVID I'd first few seasons I was riding I'd taken a couple of weeks off each at the end of the July. So towards the last two weeks of July, I'd, at the end of the season, I'd take two weeks off and go snowboarding. Yep. And that's what I'd do probably three or four years straight, I did that. And then just the 2019 Christmas, I went to Japan for two and a half weeks and went snowboarding there. And then, um, yeah, with COVID, sort of the last year, two years, I haven't sort of taken a break at all. No. So I've been going since, yeah, December 2000. So I've been going a whole year and a half now without a break, and I think I'll probably take a couple of weeks off and give myself a freshen up yeah. at the end of this season. Just ju just jump over the border and go camping or surfing for two, or go to Stratty for just two weeks of just yeah. no phone, no horses, no nothing. That's all. Like refresh. I, I just that's all it is. Is just two weeks off from not looking at the scales. Yeah. Not checking your weight. Yep. Just enjoy and that it. doesn't mean you're going to go and go, oh, yes, I'm not looking at my weight. Let's go eat 20 Krispy Kremes. And yeah. let's go. But it's just living a normal day. lifestyle. And just... holy fuck, like, I, I, want, I really want to jump into this because, I mean, I want to learn about it, not jump into it with you. I think we're both on the sidelines a little bit with it. But you can't do it. You can't consistently waste every week and it'd no. be good for your insides as well. No. You add in, I mean, and we'll talk about this after the podcast. We'll, we'll work out some dietary sort of stuff that I know yeah. about and see if that can help you like, uh, and, and yeah. work that into, into your plan. Because um, longevity-wise, you can't waste every week and you can't drink Red Bulls no. every, every day. It's not going to work. <laughs> you're going to be in an early grave. As good as racing is and, and all the spoils that you get with it and whatnot, um, it can't be done, mate. And no. you can't be at the peak performance 365 days a year. It'll be you'll jam-pack your career into four years and yeah. you won't, that's it, you'll go, all right, I'm done with it. Yeah. You, you I, won't prolong it till you're 30, like, yeah. And it's more more so now, much more, because early, first few seasons I rode, I wasn't as heavy. Mm. So over the years, I've grown. So, like, of course. first, I think, year or two years riding, I didn't even own a set of scales. I'd just rock up to the races with my gear 
and be like, I'm sweet to ride any weight. Like I, yeah. And then I remember I had a bit of time off. And then first time I ever thought, shit, I've gotten heavier was I went to Ballina one day, I was riding 51, and I'd ne never checked my weight, because I'd always walk around like, when I first got my race license, I was 46 or something. Yeah. So I'd never have to worry about my weight, eat whatever I liked, I'd have up 47, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, I had a bit of time off, and then I remember my first meeting, I went to Ballina, and I was riding 51, and I just never owned a scale, so I thought, yeah, I'm 48, 47. So I rocked up there, and I was like 51 on the dot, and I didn't have any gear, like, to be able to make the weight, because all I had was heavy gear. And I had to borrow all these light, and I was freaking out, going, oh, crap, like, I didn't know I'd be this heavy, and then had to borrow all this gear off another jockey and made the way. Then from there, it was just a gradual thing, like, each six to 12 months, I just, I remember I was riding 51, and then 12 months later, so I made sure I was still able to ride 51 when I got to town to make the... Um, so so could, when you say 51, and you said you rocked up at 51, but then you had to get all this weight cut and weight so what what do you need to be to ride at 51 so if say if what, what, what is it so you got to carry your saddle or what do yeah, you weigh in with so they if you've got if the horse got 51 um you weigh out at 52 because they give you a kilo allowance for your vest because yes. you've got to so you've got to weigh out with your vest on and obviously gear so they'll give you a kilo allowance for the vest so if you're 51 if you're riding 51 you've got to weigh out on the scales 52 with um, your saddle, your vest, your colours, your boots, everything you wear and go out in the race with besides your helmet. So, wow. So if, if I got to ride 51, the heaviest I can be was sort of, well, at that time was sort of 51. They, they allow you to weigh out at 52.4. That's the max. So it's got to be between 52 and 52.4. So you've got 400 grams. And wow. now, nowadays, now that I've gotten heavier and I've got the lightest gear that you can possibly get, if I'm sort of, I don't ride 54 often now, nah. but when I do, I can sort of make it, I can scrape in if I'm 54.4. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. you had to do that the other week, didn't you? What, yeah. uh, who are you on? Axe. That's a good one. You're on Axe. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Put together a few wins there as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's just over the years. So that was I, a good run. Yeah. Mind you, that good. one. It got out front. It scared a lot of the big name horses. Yeah. I was thinking, here we go. He's looking sharp here. Yeah. And then just died in the last 10, 15. Yeah. Eh? And so. I've, I've always sort of been on the side that he, runs a strong 1200 meters yeah um obviously the races that they've been aiming for have been that little bit further 13 1350 which is okay but for him to run a strong 1350 he needs everything to go his way yeah and he's just drawn bad a couple of times which has made him work a little bit early and yeah i think two um one run ago he drew bad so we decided to ride him a little bit cold and then he got too far back but he still ran enormous yeah and um the day one over 13.50, he ran a strong 13.50, but I drew a good gate. Yeah. And because he's got brilliant gate speed, like I haven't rode a horse as quick as him out of the barriers. Yeah. And he um, he, he landed in front and I walked. I think we went like 37 or something, yeah. thir first 600. Or thir no, probably slower. I think it might have been 38 or 39 or something. Which but just I, kept that. I absolutely crawled. Yeah. And then obviously everything was pulling behind me. And then when I got to the straight, he kicked. And yeah. nothing, nothing could keep up with him. Yeah. But at Ipswich, drawn terrible, had to use up a bit of gas early. Just caught tight him out. bend, tight bend around the top yeah. there. Um, yeah, because mate, with running, the biggest thing I've learned is heart rate, heart rate, heart rate, and I can see that how it transforms into into horse racing now. Like you said, if you got to burn it up, and if you elevate that horse's heart rate at, at the beginning of the race, it's yeah. just it's basically unless you've got a freak underneath you. 
it's it's going to stop eventually. Yeah. So you, in sectionals and all that, um, it's very easy. I spoke with Luke about this because I love watching them on the clock and I go, no, nah, yeah. they're going too fast. Yeah. No, nah, they're going too, no, nah, this thing's going to stop. For you, how do you gauge that? Um, so you got a song? You got? Nah, uh, I remember of, Bossy always used to say he sings a song when he was a young guy. Yeah, um, a lot of people like obviously um, back in the old days, counting was huge. Like everyone was like in their head that could count, they could count. Okay. But nowadays, like track work and everything, it, I just rely on a beeper. So when I ride track work and I've got to count, it, like I've got to go 15 seconds of furlong or something, I don't count. I just use this thing that beeps at the side of my head. So now when I get in a race, I can't count it. Nothing. Like, I, I won't get out in the race and hit the 1,200 and start going at one Mississippi two. Like, I, c I couldn't do it. So I just judge off feel. Like, every horse will travel differently. Like, and it's funny, some horses, like, some horses will travel at going 15 seconds of furlong and feel like you're going 12s. Like yeah, just right. Got a, they've got a short, sharp, like, short, quick stride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas other big horses, you'll be going the same speed and feel like you go way slower. So I just judge it off, every horse is different. So I just go off how the horse is travelling. So in a race, if you're at the front, I think you obviously just want your horse in a comfortable rhythm. Yeah. Like, so some horses will go quicker, comfortablier than, comfortabler than others. Yeah. So it's just all about feel. So if you, yeah, if you got that feel and you feel you can just pull him back underneath yeah. you just a little bit and just yeah. pinch that extra one yeah. or two. And that's but, what um, I mean. It's always going to be different on every horse. Yeah. Like some horses will be naturally going quicker than others. Yeah. But I think whatever horse you're on, as long as it's travelling strong on the bridle without reefing its head yeah. but without going too quick, I just find that's a That's, that's, how, you, that's yeah. how you gauge it. Yeah. Horse racing, mate. That's it. So, what's the, what's the plans? What's the plans in the future with horse racing? Um, like I said, you've you've teamed up with Costa now. Costa went on a phenomenal run there, and yeah. I think you're on the back end of it as well, cheering, yeah. putting in some good rides, and I was even cheering even more and <laughs> loading up some dollars. But, yeah. uh, mate, that's um, that's horse racing for you. It always turns. It's always. It's not as like you said, shiny days. As, yeah. as always, I, I found that I found that pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So when I was an apprentice, I'd had a bit of success. I won the Gold Coast Premiership first year, then won the Brisbane, then the next year ran second in the Brisbane and won the Gold Coast. And then I went to Sydney and thought last six months or five months of my time, I've got a bit of claim left. And um, I'd sort of, not opportunities had dried up, I shouldn't say that, but I just sort of felt like I wanted to change. And then my manager sort of had, at the time, had chased up an opportunity in Sydney. And I, I still to this day, I sort of regret going. Like I yeah. probably shouldn't have gone because um, I had to, Stephen O'Day, I was riding for him and I knew he had a lot of horses coming up that I was going to be sticking on. And Anyway, I just thought I'd be kicking myself if I didn't go down to Sydney yeah. in case, like, I just thought oh, if I went You never down, know. Yeah, I thought if I go down to Sydney and I get this great job and I'm riding winners at Randwick and blah, 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 I'd be kicking myself if I didn't do it. Yeah. So anyway, I went down there. Yeah. What's worse, regret of not going or, or regret of going and, and going, oh, I missed an opportunity back here. I'd 100% yeah. go, mate. The world keeps ticking. Well, that's it. Like, yeah. I, like, you never know until you go. So, yeah. like, I'm not... I, like, I, Did you invent that slogan? Yeah, no. But, um, <laughs> but like, like I, looking back at it, I wish I stayed, but I'm not... Regret, like, I'm not kicking myself. No, that's right. I move on from it. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, short story... Uh, long story short, it didn't work out. I come back and then... The opportunities at Stephen O'Day's had dried up only because he'd um, he'd taken on Stephanie Thornton. Mm. So I understand that you can't be a take, 
take on an apprentice and get put in another apprentice. Yeah, on. there's no work for yeah. them. I'm paying yeah. paying someone to do nothing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, sort of opportunities dried up a little bit, and I struggled getting an opportunity in town. And, and that just goes to show racing how quickly it can turn. Like hundred percent. Like if you have, like you said, with having time off. Like if you you're riding all these winners and you take a little two week holiday, some other jockey comes in, gets on those horses, well, yeah. and they keep like. And it's just funny how you just can be one minute you're in and the next minute you boot it out. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's what I found. I struggled, opportunities dried up and I had to come back to the Gold Coast. And I was riding it. So I was riding in town and going to Sydney, went no good and come back and I couldn't get a ride in town. So mm. it rattled me a bit and I had to go back to the Gold Coast. And I'm always like, it's pretty tough. Like a lot of jockeys, not, I'm not the only one, like it happens to a lot of them. And that's where racing can be tough. Like it's mm. a bastard of a game at times, how it's up and down. But yeah, I sort of was one of those persons that never really got to me. Deep down, I thought, why? Like, I want to be in town. I, I thought I should be in town, but I didn't let it worry me. I just thought, oh, well, I'll just go with what I've got, keep persevering at the Goldie. And then, yeah, I ended up um, building up a quite good connection with Costa and started riding a lot of winners for him. And then now I'm still at the moment doing most of my riding at the Gold Coast. But yeah. um, when the opportunities come, I get back to town and um, Costa sends horses there when they're ready to go and often, yeah. often get a good winner there, here and there. So Loves his stats, Costa. Yeah. He loves his winners, I tell but you. Yeah, so it's funny. I just The last coming out of my time, I sort of went from being one of the top apprentices in Brisbane getting rides in town to just getting put back on the level-headed. Yeah, 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 just back and then... It's not all... And that's just made me realise, like, it's... It's racing, it's funny, like you gotta, like you said, like without the horse, you're no good. Like yeah. you can believe that you've got a lot of talent and you can do this, you can train, you can be putting in all the work that you can possibly do. And sometimes you think, why isn't this, like why am I getting opportunities? Yeah. Like, and that's where like an athlete, like a footy player or somewhere where it's, it's your fate. So if you're a footy player and you're working off the scenes hard as to improve your game, you know, you can go out there and show that. Yep. Whereas jockeying, I can be working as hard as I can at my style or doing my form, but without the horse, That's I, can, right. I can't go out there and go, look, this is what I've been doing. So do you communicate with any other trainers or anything? Does, or does yeah. your manager do? Because obviously you want to know for your training schedule, are you bringing this one back into work? Is this is it going to be good in eight weeks? Like, yeah. should I just mellow right now and so then I, I'll amp it up so I can I, be good? Um, I probably didn't ride a lot of outside work, which probably didn't help me as an apprentice. Mm -hmm. So I didn't build a lot of great connections. Like I was sort of tied down at Bruce Hills, riding a lot of work where I probably wasn't getting a lot of race rides because you didn't have the stock there. Yep. But um, it's probably the time where I probably should have been punching to ride work for everyone. Yep. And then anyway, move forward net to now, I'm sort of, I, I'm not saying I'm not getting opportunities, like I'm enjoying it, I'm riding yeah. the Gold Coast. Um, you know, as much as every jockey wants to be at the top, yeah. um, I just think, you know, if it comes, it comes. I'll just keep persevering. Um, I think that's the best way to look at it, especially at your age. Um, mate, you're going to grow on your career. Yeah. And I think if you just keep ticking at that box, and I speak about it all the time, just moving that, that little 1% forward, yeah. um, you'll look back in a year and you'll go, holy shit, I was riding three. Now I'm riding six. Yeah, you know what I mean. Six will turn into nine, and next minute you you got this flow that's on. All I, that's all I'm focused on. Is I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah, um, I'm putting in. I'm putting in the work. I'm riding track work every day. I'm not riding track work for a large variety of trainers, mm. but I, I ride track work for um, a bit of an income, helping out Bruce Hill still. So yeah. I'm back with the old boss. Um, ride work six days a week for him. 
and then I do um, two or three days riding Costa's horses. So yep. Costa's my main supporter, so I do make sure I get his in. And then just going off the form that me and Costa have, um, riding winners for him, you're going to pick up other rides. So yeah, correct. As long as I help out, sort of ride track work for the main, yeah. my main support. And then well, look at look at little Gibbo down at Northern New South Wales, Dylan Gibbons. Yeah, riding yeah, for Chris Lee. Yeah, he's. Um, yeah, and then just from there, they just went, oh, how good. Lee Kilner. Yeah. Little Lee as well. She got a um, couple. That's where, it, that's, where the, yeah. that's where it comes from. The opportunities come off the back of form. Yes. So, like, you're only as good as your last winner. So, mm. if you're riding a stack load of winners, the trainers are going to put you on. And Lukey touched on that as well. He goes, man, you can be riding unbelievable. You can get this $101 thing, give it the peach of the ride and get it to run second. But no one cares. No one gives no. a fuck. If you die, if you get second on a, on a $1.80 pop because it bled or something like that, it's you're you suck. Jockey. You're the worst yeah. jockey. You've done this. And that's and what it. I mean. Like, Do you cop sprays? Yeah, I, I, I love hearing this. Yeah, Do you cop sprays? Yeah, I've copped a few sprays, copped a few messages and that. Yeah, yeah, I always do, yeah. I haven't so much recently, but I'm back. Yeah, I've It's because you've riding winners, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. But I've, um, yeah, I've. I've copped a few back in the day. It's good. Yeah. Do you reply? Do you give it yeah, back to yeah, them? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I probably shouldn't, but I can't help myself. I yeah. You've got, you got to find the funny side in yeah, that, mate. Yeah. You can't take it personally. No, you got I, to... I definitely don't take it personally, no. but I um, I definitely give them a bit of shit back. Yeah. I love it. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I might start a few fake accounts and start, yeah, start, start messaging me. Yeah. Burn it in there. But yeah, the... Um, <laughs> Back to the plan. The plan is just persevere with what I'm doing. I yep. think I'm with. I think I'm in a great camp, Costa. Yeah. Um, we had. A, we're having a lot of luck. We've got a great strike rate, and his team's only growing. So, because mm. he's 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 a result. He's not result driven, but he he wants success as well. Yeah. He came to the Gold Coast. I remember his story. It was he was working with Sean Baker and he was sleeping in his car and he just thought if I just get one and he was working down there and then he'd come up to the Goldie and he started his stable and we had two with him um, yeah. in there, Diamond Czar and True Myth and um, good town winner in there. Uh, but then he, you could see he was, he still was just hungry to, yeah. to grow and I think and now he's settled in. That's, and, what he, yeah. um, that's what he still wants to do now. Like he, I know he's on the talk of the next 12 to t- sort of 24 months, next mm. year or two. Um, his stable is only going to keep building. I yeah. think he's got like 40 horses in work now. Yeah. And um, yeah, I know that for sure that he wants to keep growing. And if he can sort of get the results that he's got now with 40 horses, um, you can imagine the results he's going to get when he's got 100 in work. So yeah. if I can um, stay in there, I think it's the right camp. And over the next years, you know, you don't know, being with Costa could open up doors for somewhere, like for something else yeah. for me. Um, well, see, he's, his, um, his business plan at the moment is... Uh, from what I've taken, you know, you got your underrun, under horses, which will win. You know, we can go to Ballin and go to Goldie, go to there, and then there's a couple of stable stars. Yeah. But I think he'll start, as that builds, he'll have enough money or, or some, yeah. some backers yeah. who will notice he starts, and that he'll start getting these better, better horses. Yeah. And then and that's what he said. Like, he's got his, he's got it, like, he, all, he gets winners out of everything. Yeah. Like, he places them really good. Yeah. Like, like you said, stats, man, he, he always gets a winner out of them. And um, he's got that handful of, probably horses that are above average um, and he wants to get a stable full of them. So, um, Is Axe your favourite? Yeah, Axe would have to be my favourite yeah. at the moment. Yeah, for is sure. that, Has he been put away now or what's he doing? Or? Nah, so I actually galloped him this morning. Yeah. Um, we did a bit of fast work with him to see where he's at, whether he's ready for a break. Obviously, he's had a few runs this time in, but um, everything in his work indicates that he's still enjoying it and um, loving it. He worked really good this morning. So... I think the plan, they're going to send him up to Rocky Newmarket next Friday um, and he'll run there, 
that's the plan. See how he yeah. pulls up from the gallop this morning. Um, if he doesn't, if he doesn't go there, we go in the paddock. Yeah, having yeah. a little break. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> axe, keep it out. Um, right, well, well, your touch base on on that. I'll jump back a few a few steps. You know, we're talking about you can be doing everything right. Yeah. and it just doesn't add up. You can be training your ass off and you say, look, if you're a rugby league player, you can step out there and you can put your best foot forward. So I guess you've got the shits with um, not having control of a situation. Yeah. So you went and jumped into boxing. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get dragged in that? Because, man, I've been watching you training as well, and fuck, you're a little sharp fucker, I tell you. Um, getting trained with Corey up yeah, there. Corey yep. McConnell, so yep. yeah, Corey McConnell. Yeah, which I've got, he's a WBC... Yeah, title holder, yeah. great boxer, and rides track work now. Yeah, so, um, so he's a great boxer, and um, yeah, like you said, uh, just that not being able to control. Not that, I, not that I um, got the shits with it, but I just always wanted to. I was always played footy in that growing up, and I liked mm. that if you've got talent, you'll stand out. Yeah, and obviously in horse racing, you need the cattle behind you. So horse racing, having success in horse racing is all a mixture of having good luck, mm. putting the work in, but also getting opportunities so without the opportunities yeah same like surfing yeah you can be in a comp surfing and one there's judges or two you got to wait for a wave yeah that wave can determine winning yeah. or losing so that's where with horse racing you just got to keep persevering until the opportunities come which they'll come if they come and yep. um, you just keep working hard but i wanted to jump into something that was more of if i train i know i'm gonna get the performance yeah. like get that result yeah so um I started confidence in yourself and, yeah. and nowhere to hide. Yeah, like so. it's, I was controlling the fate of it. So yeah. um, I actually, I've always wanted to get into a bit of boxing. And then before COVID hit, sort of early 2019, I um, one of our good mates that we were in Main Beach living with, he was a personal trainer at a gym, and he had started just taken off in his professional boxing career. Like just had a couple fights, but he was. Um, really enjoying his training and doing a lot of PTs. So me and a couple of mates thought, oh, we'll, we'll support him and go in and do a few PT sessions, boxing, and we'd do two or three days a week, just me and a couple of mates doing pad work and yep. just a bit of fitness. And I was more or less getting into it just to help me wait and for fitness, because I was riding 54 at the time and I just found, oh, I need to be doing something more than what I was doing. So I was happy enough to put in couple sessions a week doing boxing and it really helped me like for cardio. Oh yeah mate there's nothing better than yeah. uh, to strip you down to bear nothing than boxing. Yeah like the, car the cardio of it was extreme like I remember the first couple of weeks was real tough like I remember some days I'd be like he'd be drilling us like oh mate keep going keep going like and I, some days I'd feel like I had nothing left I was gonna spew and then after, it's funny after like a couple months you go what I was doing what I'm doing now to back then, I'm doing so easy. Progression. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you feel good. Like you see, like before I couldn't even hit pads for two minutes straight, yeah. like flat out. You need to take that lesson in everything you do. Yeah. yeah. It's, then, it's hard to see when, when it's happening, isn't it? Yeah. But like you said, if we're sitting here and you're talking about it and looking back now, yeah. you're like... Oh. I remember like what I'd be getting a stitch for before, i go, how was I? Like now, I'd never get a stitch That's a warm-up. That. Yeah, that's yeah. warm-up. Yeah. And then like I noticed it in my riding. Like if I was wasting and I'd sort of lost... Sort of, I find when I lose sort of anywhere two kilos or more race morning, I'm pretty rattled. Yeah, like, it stuffs me around a bit. So, and I've always pulled like after a race pulled up pretty rough. And when I started boxing training, I'd be I'd waste my ass out all morning, and I'd pull up fine because I'd been training hard. Yeah. So my just my recovery and cardio, like breathing and that, was so good and sharp. So I um stuck with it and then it's kept going. And then 
COVID sort of hold it all up and we stopped training for ages. And I didn't train for probably 12 months. And then I heard about um, a few Brisbane jockeys were training up with Corey and they were going to take part in a um, charity fight night. Yeah. And I straight away thought, like, I'm real competitive. I thought, oh, I'm going to get involved here. So I... Um, Actually, one of the boys, Boogs, uh, Anthony Don, he said that at, the, at your Ninja Warrior thing that yeah, you guys did, that yeah. you had to do. Um, he goes, this little fuck just goes hard at everything. He goes, he was, I was looking up at this thing I've got to climb over and he reckons he ran past and went, da 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 off to the next one, so. Yeah, that was a good, speaking of that, that was a fun event, Ninja Warriors. I'm, I'm just like that, eh? Like, yeah. I, I can't, anything to do with sport or something where it's competitive, I just can't, like, I hate losing. And yeah. I, I've got to just give it everything. Yeah. And, that's um, like boxing. I thought if I get in there with these other jockeys, um, I've got something to like prove. Like we're yeah. in here boxing. Yeah. I'm going to prove that I'm train harder than you. I'll um, yeah. like, it's just stuff like that, you know. Like I'm getting in there to be better. You've, and, you've known you, you've got the win before you're even there. Yeah. You know, so then um, put in the work. And I just thought if they're all going to get in a fight and doing it for charity, like oh, I don't want to miss out on this thing. And obviously I hadn't boxed for ages because of COVID, so I thought it's a great opportunity to get back into it. Yeah. So I, yeah, got involved and signed up to the course. It was like a seven-week training program and then you have the fight at the end. And so a group of us jockeys were all training with Corey up in Brizzy and um, doing sparring and that twice a week and I really enjoyed it. And then, yeah, we um, had our fight night and then... Who'd you fight? Ryan Maloney. You got Maloney. Yeah, so then... Um, I knew that. I just wanted all the listeners to know that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I got lined up with Ryan Maloney and um, we knew pretty early that I'd be fighting him because yeah. we were sort of on the same sort of level. Um, yeah. he'd, he'd done a bit of training with Corey before the... Yeah, the, um, yeah I've seen videos of him too. He can move. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. He's he, not freshy by any means. Yeah. yeah, so he was training with Corey probably couple months before with the program just for his weight as well yeah such a good thing for jockeys to get into and um he was training and then we were sort of on the same level and we were sparring great together like Corey was like sometimes be like man like I'm really liking watching you two spar like you're boxing good and so then we thought oh well me and him will be fighting for sure and we're great mates yeah um yeah so we had the fight and I ended up getting the win and then um I sort of thought oh I got a bit of taste for victory like and I, I, I thought, oh, I'd... What's, I'll stop you there. What's the adrenaline like boxing compared to the adrenaline like on the back of a horse riding meter? I, I guess yeah, it's... because you do it so regularly, it'd be different. But what about a big win? Yeah, I think the adrenaline... Um... What's, it, what's it fair? It, oh, okay, well, let's, let's, let's go someplace deeper. What's the first time you got on the back of Warrior and Brucey Hill sent you around the track to that, crying and, and yeah. laughing compared to the, the, the boxing, the adrenaline you get yeah. after sparring or fighting. Well, <laughs> the, the getting over the horse bolting was definitely not a great <laughs> adrenaline. The boxing was better than that. But I think, like, I remember riding my first winner and my, all my family and brother and a couple of mates yeah. were there. I think that's probably, like, the biggest, like... It wasn't so much adrenaline. I didn't get the adrenaline. It was more like everything after like everything sort of come out like you've just wrote a winner you've just like it was more emotion like yeah i don't think the adrenaline was that much and like because you ride horses every day and that i think early days when i started racing most of the adrenaline was out of the barriers like you get the adrenaline when the race goes yeah but once you ride the winner it was more just emotion like the yeah. f- that feeling of like like raw emotion whereas um so yeah but and like i rode my first listed winner and i remember that was a pretty good buzz. It's, a, it's such a different... I think 
boxing is more of like a raw adrenaline. Like mm. you're going in there to like punch someone's head in. Yeah. Like and it's you're getting hit or you like yeah. when you're boxing you're gonna get hit. So yeah. it's like they're punching your head in and you're punching their head in. So it's like it's a it's a different adrenaline. It's more of like yeah, raw adrenaline. Whereas riding a good winner, it's adrenaline, but it's I find it's more emotion as well. Like yeah. I get more of an emotional kick off it. Like I've just like achieved that in my career. Yeah. And it's something I've worked like Jockeying, you put a lot more work into, so it's more like that. Whereas boxing, I'd train two days a week for seven weeks, and then I'd just gone in there. So it wasn't, I didn't have much emotion. It was more just like, am I going to win the fight? You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. So it's more like raw adrenaline, but it was good. I loved it. Yeah. But, um, the event they held was like insane. I remember rocking up and. It was a good, yeah, there was, was a crowd. And, yeah, mate, was, people get into it. Yeah. Like, um, you don't know, like, I've, same thing with boxing. I, I went boxing after I uh, finished up my rugby league career for the same fact of, all right, I've been in a team environment, now yeah. I want to like test myself in a, in a singular environment um, where there's nowhere to hide and see what I'm made of. But, mate, the, it's just a community that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And, and people love coming to live fights and it's yeah, like that, this big event and yeah. everything like that. And then next minute you're the main stage for your, for your couple of minutes in, in yeah. that event and all eyes are on I, you. I've and, always loved watching fighting. Like, I love it. And then I remember getting in and I remember the first time I did sparring, like I always thought, oh, like I was never nervous or scared to spar. And then once I started sparring, it was almost like sort of real. Like it's like, oh, am I doing it? Yeah. I remember I did get a bit of butterflies early. I thought like I like sparring, you're going in there and you know it's just training. Like you got yes. your gear and you're training. So it's like, you know, me and him are great mates. We're just in here training, having a good time. As soon as the round finishes, you know, you shake hands. You're like, yeah. good round, man. Like, yeah. we've got the training in. But then when it comes to the fight night, it goes, it's hard to switch going, all right, I've been training with him for seven weeks. We're good mates. How do you switch to, like, now it's a fight? Like, it's, yeah. it was a hard one. I yeah, thought, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to hit you with everything yeah. I've got soon. But, yeah, like, you know. it was a hard one to switch because I thought, we're such good mates. We've been training. And in the sparring, even though we go at it at each other, it's not meaningful. Like, no, it's, it's, tra no. it's training. Like, it's yeah. a lot different to, yeah. all right, mate, like, I'm sorry, but like, if I don't go hard, you're gonna go hard. Yeah, that's like, right. And if, if you, you don't, we're we're kidding ourselves. You know. What yeah, I mean? like, like you want to win, I want to win. Yeah. So like, so mate, but we're just gonna have to let them rip. And yeah. Yeah. We had a. I remember rocking up that night, and um, it was like I remember at the Brisbane Convention Center or something, somewhere there, the RNA Showground or something. Yeah. And um, walk upstairs, and it was a formal event, so everyone's in tuxedos and ties, and I walk up there, and it was like just crowd was huge like everyone was lining up to go into this thing and i'm just like i've rocked up from the races i rode at brisbane in the last <laughs> and i've got my backpack on with my gear in it yeah and i've just gone oh my god like there's so many people here and i that's when the nerves hit me i thought oh god and there was that many people i remember i seen dennis hogan there and i was yeah. like what's he doing here like, <laughs> i was like this is like a charity fight night and I'm yeah like, oh god and then i I remember I looking. I've met all my family and friends there. I had like twenty people come up at the table, staying there. Yeah. They're all half pissed already, sinking beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, ah, all, they're, they're all, ah, yeah. Ah, they're all, they're all coming up like grabbing me by the shoulders. Yeah. Like, you're, fucking, you're ready to smash this bike? Yeah. Right? And I'm just like half like going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, that's so funny. You're ready to smash this bike? I've seen like full calm mothers that are just in the crowd as soon as their boys on. Fucking smash him! Yeah, fucking yeah. hit him! Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> there's no hype. There's oh, just boom, me and, violence. Me and Ryan Maloney, like um, through the 
um, Sikori and a couple other blokes were the ones that organised the matchups and that. Yeah. And from our training, they said, oh, we're going to put you guys as, like, the co-main event. So we were the last, second last fight. Oh. And we, we got, got there at, like, 6.30. Yeah. So the anticipation of it was so gnarly. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I got there that early, and I remember the first fight started at, like, 6.30, 7 o'clock. And I thought, oh, well, I'm here that early now. There was, like, 15 fights. Like, yeah. I thought I may as well sit at the table with all my mates and that. So I'm sitting in the crowd, looking at the crowd, and there's, like, lights, smoke machines, like, big ring in the middle with all these lights on it. Like, it looked like a proper, like, I thought, this is, like, I feel like I'm a professional boxer. Mate, that's, that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. I mean, on a bigger scale, they set it up, but that's how they set it, it was. up. It was, like, it was yeah. like a thousand people. Like, there was, like, a hundred... Oh, there's a thousand tickets. hundred thousand people. Yeah. There was a hundred thousand people there. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. It's like Suncorp filled up. <laughs> <laughs> but like it felt like that. Like yeah. I was like, wow, there's so many people. And I just and I obviously being early, I sat at the table and we made to sink and piss and I'm just like, can't even have a beer. Like nah. I'm, I'm just the nerves are kicking in and I'm yeah. I remember watching the first fight and they have like they put this song on and they walk down the aisle and I'm like, God, I, I I don't know how I'm going to walk down this aisle. Like, I didn't know how I'm going to... Like, I'm like, what, oh, am I going to be a showman? Am I going to head down? I what am, what am I going to do? And, yeah, and then I was... Anyway, once it got... I started getting a bit nervous. And then, uh, anyway, once I started warming up, I was all right. And then I had to... I convinced myself that, like, I'm like, oh, I'm going into fight. No point being nervous. Like, I've trained with him. Like, I'm, yeah. like nothing new. And I said, oh, I know what I've been training like, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, I've got to get this mungleness out in me. Like, I've got to... Like, I just switched off that I know him. I just yeah. thought, I don't know him. And I'm just like, he's there to kill me, I'm there to kill him. Yeah. And then I just thought, I'm just going in there hard, that's all I'm doing. Yeah. Anyway, I remember when we lined up and he walked out first and I'm behind the curtains. And I just remember just like smashing myself, like just punching myself. <laughs> and I'm just like firing up, like I was biting down on my mouth guard that hard. I was, and I was full just convincing myself that like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm ready. As soon as I did that, it was just like, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm Mentality, all, man. All the nerves went away. And funny, when we talk about the walkout, I didn't know, I was that awkward, I didn't know what to do. I started, like, pacing down the thing, like, I didn't even walk slowly. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. I feel like I'm on a spaceship. Yeah, I just, I fully just, like, half skipped out there. Like, I, I was, like, speed walking, like, because I just didn't want to, like, I just wanted to get past the crowd. <laughs> like, all my mates and that are hanging over the ropes, like, going, yeah, and I've just, like, didn't even make eye contact. I just, like, ran down. <laughs> yeah, just, like... Got in. Once I got in the ring, everything went away, and it's funny. Like once that bell goes, everything was wiped out. It was just like we're in the ring. There's no one else. Yeah, man, yeah. it's it's weird, eh? Yeah. And that's that first fight experience. It's yeah. so good. And oh, it's man, funny, it's like it, everything we trained for just went out the window. It's funny. It was just like a. I think we still yeah. we still box good, but yeah. it was like. It was just a brawl, and I, I won the fight because I just didn't give him a breather. Yeah, like, yeah. I was pressure, just pressured yeah. him the whole way, the whole six minutes. It was just like I was just in his face, just yeah. throwing him. And that's the difference. Then you you see, you watch the pros and that they are thinking and they do have calculated things. Yeah. And they know and they breathe. Everything and they, everything's slow. just relaxed and slow and move. Where you're like, yeah, I was just like. Dun, 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 yeah, dun, yeah, chasing him around, just yeah. throwing him, and like I was exhausted, man. Yeah, that's right. Well, they control their heart rate, control what yeah. they're doing. They know they're going for 20, 10 rounds, and um, that's the beauty of uh, long range boxing compared to you know three twos, where you have to be yeah. into it for those couple of minutes. But um, but I think that's what um, yeah, that's what made me want to have another crack was after having that first fight experience and learning from what I did. Yeah, I wanted to improve off that. Yeah, so I just got back into training and sort of did a couple of sessions training and then I didn't know that another, 
I'm fight. I was meant to fight this Saturday night, second yeah. fight. Um, I didn't know I was going to get back into it this quick, but um, Corey McConnell sort of rang me up and said, "Oh, there's a fight night coming up, and one of our fighters at the gym. He's only a lightweight, and we can't find an opponent. Would you be wanting to jump in the ring?" And I just thought, "Oh, well, why not? Like I've, I've all, I wanted to give it a go. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't think it'd come that soon, but I just thought, well, but look, when you, when you got momentum behind that, you're better off. Yeah. I think. I think you continue." You know, same as anything, you fight more, you, you yeah. get better. I mean, unless you're taking big shots and that, which you do need time off. But yeah, if you got that momentum going, you're feeling good and you're looking yeah, sharp. I was still, I was yeah, still, like I was still fit and I'd st- I was still training once or twice a week. So I thought, yeah, well, I'm like, there's no reason why I can't. Like I still had plenty of time. I think I had five, four week, five weeks. Yeah, and I'd sort of fit. I was fit, yeah, and yeah. I thought, yeah, I'll jump in. Anyway, so we started training, and then yeah, we um. Meant to fight this Saturday night. Yeah. I think so now. is that going down or you don't know with COVID? I tried to confirm yesterday just because as soon as they um, they declared all those possible yeah. hot spots and that, I thought, oh, we'll probably be in lockdown. I rang yesterday and they said, oh, and then when they declared that we're going to have all these restrictions at 1am on the 29th, I was like, I rang with Corey and I said, oh, are we going to be fighting? He said, oh, at this stage, yeah. Um, he knows like the gym's open and everyone's training yeah. still. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. But then this morning I woke up and seen on Facebook that, yeah, I think it's off. Yeah. Well, I'd, I wouldn't even be having that enter in my head. I'd still be fighting in, but, my, yeah. in my head. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even be interested. In, they did that to me once playing footy and, fuck, I had the worst game. Yeah. It was pissing down rain. I'm talking, like, torrential, like, flooding, can't drive to the field. And we thought, they'd gone, oh, yeah, the game's off. Yeah. I've gone, huh. There we go, let's go. Went to the pub and um, an hour later the coach was ringing us going, where are you? Is the guy, we use a plane. And I was thinking, fuck, but just that whole... It's the mentality. Whether, yeah, yeah, I've switched You're off. So ready, I've got man. a weekend off to go out there and look, we, I think we won 10-8. But, oh, man, I was getting tackled. The old mate was holding me head in the ground and, <laughs> and like there were puddles of water like that. I'm coming up going... <gasps> yeah. And then um, I caught like two shots in the nuts as well that game. I just remember being on the field going, what the fuck? Yeah, like, exactly. It's the only game of footy that I reckon I just I just wanted to end. I just yeah. usually I was like, can we keep playing? Like, what's yeah. going on? But yeah. um, you know, me just and the energy. Out of the but, zone. Yeah, just but as soon as off. I switched off that thing, so yeah, I'd, I'd be going in. I'm fighting yeah. still. And then, uh, I'm, I'm, and fuck it, let's we'll, you, you and me will swing around in here for a couple of rounds oh, in here. We'll get it done. I think I'd be running out. Mate, I've got to catch you first. Fucking hell, where's he going? Where's he going? Yeah, I'll be running around ducking around. But um, oh, so if if it is on, or would you know if it's cancelled? Are they just going to shift it until so they know? Or yeah, it'll be you postponed. Don't know. It'll okay, be, so postponed. I seen it on Facebook this morning. Well, Harley Jonke works at the track at Brisbane. Um, he's been training hard and he's fighting. And I seen on his Facebook that yeah, he just posted that. I haven't heard officially from Corey. Yeah. Um, but I seen on his Facebook that his fight will be postponed. Sorry for anyone who'll let everyone know. So I'm assuming the fight night will not go ahead. I don't think they want to take the risk with. COVID oh yeah, no, you can't. And, and like we, we spoke about COVID, like it's a, for us, um, you know, we'd probably be do all right with it and whatnot. But like I said, I've got a um, a partner that would definitely affect, so I, I don't want to see something. It's weird, like they have Origin, but then they postpone this thing yeah. three days later. Like I probably, I don't, I, it winds me up talking. About yeah, COVID. don't nah. yeah. no, no. Plus, yeah. plus, we probably get fucking censored on this. I'll be yeah. kicked off YouTube before it even starts. I, I, so. wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if my Instagram's um, deleted shortly. Ah, yeah. <laughs> backup account, backup yeah. account, backup account. <laughs> um, yeah, great, man. So, 
Look, if, if it does get postponed, where do you head to? Um, you, do, you just keep training? Yeah, I think I'd like um, I think Are you going to take it to... Are you going to have a couple more? Or you Corey, see how this goes? Yeah, like I'm, I've always said I'll keep going. Like yeah. I, the training... The well, you're going to keep training, yeah, aren't yeah, you? Because so, you love yeah. the training and yeah, it's so good. I, I really you. enjoy the training of it. So I'll keep training all the time. Yeah. Um, I didn't really... Like I said, I didn't know whether I'd keep fighting or not, but I've had one win, so I'm like, why not? learn from that, go to the next win. Mm. And um, Corey's, Corey's um, all for it. Like, Corey, Corey loves training me, yeah. and, and he's always been the one to say, like, oh, like, he said to me, he goes, oh, like, if you weren't a jockey, I'd be making you a boxer. Boxer, yeah. And um, so I just thought, well, I don't know, while I'm, you know, training good and training hard, why not yeah. keep going? And if yeah. I can keep sort of improve, and that's the only thing I like doing, like, it's a, more of a challenge for myself. Like, it's, um, a, it's a new yeah. spark, isn't it? Yeah. Same with like horse racing. You didn't come from a horse racing family, yeah. so you had to day one learn. Yeah, that's like with me with boxing. I, I don't even play Oztag or that anymore. I've yeah. just that I played rugby league for X amount of time, and it's got to be over four foot for me to go dust off those boards over there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's very. I, I get the surfing bug uh, every now and then. I'll surf consistently. I'll be like, all right, it's back, and I'll surf anything yeah. one foot to two that's foot. That's the same with me with surfing now. Yeah, like I'm hot and cold. Like yeah. I'll surf heaps one two. For like two weeks in a row and then I might not surf for two weeks yeah but boxing is it's just for people like us and I suppose it'd be different for people who've been doing it since they're seven um it'd be monotonous as well but um everything's just new yeah new how you shift your weight new how you train there and it just yeah, sparks like, that fire yeah. in you eh? it's like that's what living is it's like an addiction it's yeah. like getting in there and punching pads and like seeing improvement and feeling fitter it's like a yeah, yeah. It's a, and because I've always liked boxing as well yeah. and now that I've been training and had a fight yeah. I'm so like glued into it now. Glued, yeah, like, it's addictive. Yeah, so I'll keep training, and um, if I can have a bit of success with the next fight, there's no reason why I won't keep going. Won't keep going. And I'm yeah. sure Corey's gonna be will be happy for me to sort yeah. of point me in the right direction. Oh, he's me going. So. Smart. Like, I um, played with his uh, brother, yeah. Brent McConnell, um, Jock. And yeah, both those lads very smart. He wouldn't throw you in the deep end, or he wouldn't be no. putting you in anything that he didn't think. And, like and he's said, the he's the best bloke probably no, to have in your a, corner, man. He's yeah, ridiculous. He's a, great, he's a great, great boxer. Great boxer. But um, yeah, and you never know. Like like I said, I don't have a goal with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not pursuing in it. Yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. got my professional career as a jockey. Yeah, um, and that's but, that's the, that's your main. That's where your heart yeah. and soul is. Yeah, and this but, um, this is a backup, not a backup, but this is something that something away from racing that could. Possibly, I don't know. Take you don't even know. Yeah. So like, I know I'm just gonna keep training and do what while, you love. While if if I, you're and, loving and it, that's what that's what the main thing is. It's that's my career. That's my job that I yeah. do love. But this is almost like, it's like boxing's like surfing or skating. It's just another hobby I've picked up. Yeah. And it's like a challenge. <laughs> or BMX or snowboard, yeah. snowboarding or fucking. That's that's exactly what else. That's exactly what it is. It's just another hobby. Yeah. And it's like getting it when you're training hard and and um, improving, you want to have a fight. Yeah. Because it's like, that's what you're training for. That's exactly right. So like, right. if I'm training hard and I can see that I'm improving, well, it's like, I want to challenge I myself. I want to be tested. Yeah. yeah. I want to, so I want like to have a gauge. It's not a real challenge if you're not getting in the ring. I yeah. think it's a great side to for fitness and mentality. Like, it's great for your mental thing as well. Like, if you're having a bad day and you get in the gym and punch shit out of the pads, you come out feeling way oh, better. Oh, bucks, yeah. yeah. So I think it's, yeah, it's just another challenge for myself. And because yeah. I am competitive, it's, I've got that, like, competitive mindset that if I'm going to train, I'm going to go and fight. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll just get in there and um, challenge myself and see how it goes. <laughs> All right, uh, lastly, um, is there any other hobbies we've missed? 
What uh, else do you do? Do you fish? Do you nah. stop at any stage? I am. Um, I'm always, I'm flat out all the yeah. time. Like I'm never not doing something. Yeah. Like, um, like you said, surfing, skating, BMX. I don't, as I've gotten older with the jockeying and that, I um, have slowed down a little bit. Like, just got, got out of that, that kid. Yeah, yeah because you had. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like back when I was younger, the stuff we did was just like, I look back at, even skateboarding, I went to the skate park the other day and I was, even though it like, took me a half an hour to get comfortable, but then after that, that I was like, oh, like, God, like, I don't want to, like, I, I remember I tried to grind the first time I got on the skatey last week at Coolangatta, went to the Kira, uh, the little skate park behind the shops there, and it's like this little grinding box thing, and I've gone up to just grind, and I hadn't skated for a while. Anyway, I just absolutely just cooked it and just <laughs> landed so awkwardly upside down on my wrist, and I'm like, oh, that hurt, and then I just, straight away, I'm like, is this is why I don't skate. Like, yeah, if I, if I go it's, up, it's shit. Because it's something you love to do, but yeah, at the same but time, at the same time, I, once I got over the wrist of like my wrist come good, warmed up, yeah. then I started hitting the ramps, and I'm like, no, oh, I got the bug. The next day, I went and bought a new deck, and then I'm out at Narang Skate Park the next night for two hours. Yeah, like it's like, <laughs> like I got the bug for it again. Yeah, and like I love getting content for like the Instagram and that. Like I'm always, always yeah. videoing that. So yeah, like, yeah. And we were like, obviously, social media is huge now. Like you getting involved in the podcasts and doing yeah. stuff like this. Like, oh, it's something I'd love to start doing is just making videos. Yeah. Like, like I'm always, always doing cool stuff. I think so. Yeah. Like keeping busy. So me and my mates, like, like while we're surfing, getting barreled, or skate ramp, or going out and having a beer together, camping, or yeah. doing whatever. Like, start filming it. Yeah. Videos together. There's a, there's a. I find that there's a. Um, it's great. Uh, but they all, you also have to be in the moment yeah. with, with that stuff. Um, I found with this shit here, it just takes ages to set up. I'd yeah. love to just have yeah, this well, same conversation see, sitting at the pub or see, sitting down the beach. We, we, we wouldn't be doing it more for like a to like sort of go somewhere with it, but more just for ourselves yes. and, and our followers. And it's yeah. like, I just want to post videos of doing cool stuff. Yeah, doing cool stuff. Yeah. And mate, if that takes someone to go, oh, fuck, like skating the other day i was like i legit went and got that and went out on the street because yeah. i watched you grind that thing i was thinking that's a little cut i'm gonna skate it i'm gonna go skating yeah and that's what that's the power of social media and that's the power of, of what i'm trying to do obviously yeah. getting up and training 3am 365 I is just I, I wish i had i wish i had some of the energy you had <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, it's, a, it's a gift to me i, I tell i show my missus your stories and i'm like mate this bloke is the biggest yeah. hype man i've ever seen <laughs> like i literally watch your stories and just go Yes. Well, that's what it's about, man. That's what you know. That's what I, and that's what I want to try and like, do. I wake like, up out of bed to go to track at three thirty, and I feel like I'm fifty, and I'm my back sore. And I'm watching you at three a.m. It's raining, and you're running twenty five kilometers. Like, <laughs> going uh, like this, going, ah, get out of bed, can't run. Yeah. <laughs> one day, you know, one day I actually got home, and um, I, I, I was having a bit of a shit morning. I had a bad morning at work, and I had a bit of shit to do, and the surf was pumping. And I thought, I went home and I was feeling shit and I thought, oh, I'm going to just go home and have a sleep. Anyway, I turned your story on and it was the one where you're like, get out of bed, go on. Get out. <laughs> anyway, like, I'm, yeah. I'm watching your story, it actually like lightened me up a bit, like gave me a bit of energy. And I yeah. remember lying in bed going, well, fuck, while I'm awake and not really feeling tired, why lie down and sleep? Yeah. So I'd got home, the surf was pumping, I'd got up out of bed and fucking went for a surf. You beaut. And I was like, out all day mission <laughs> mission mission accomplished in my head that that's was, what i'm doing that was man. from watching your story yes yes yeah. that's what it's all about man um yeah all these because you have that in you yeah. and you, you can today you sit there and you don't move for 10 20 minutes and i tell people they go i go 
while you were thinking about running or thinking about doing something, were you on your phone? They're like, yeah. And I said, how long? And they go, like, oh, 10, 15 minutes. I said, there's three Ks. Done. You've done your, you done your run for the day. I can't run three Ks. Well, you, yes, you can. You could have walked it in that time. Yeah. And, and then from there you grow. And then, mate, I'm so scared of time going past too fast now and I can't get enough done in a day or can't get enough in. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I go to sleep going, oh, I wish I just could have done that. No. Yeah, it's but it's just not going to happen. So, mate, yeah. Um, and that's, that's what I want to do. The biggest thing, like, talk about time. I look at it and go, like, you're much older than I am. I'm still a young gun. Fucking thanks, But, um, <laughs> but like, talking, <laughs> yeah, about, no, getting, true. talking yeah. about getting old, like, yeah. I think I'm, like, I'm 22. Yeah. And I'm, like, already thinking, God, like, adult life, like, got being, like, kid for me was felt like yesterday. Yes. And it's just all about, like, changing. And I just want to make the most of the moment. And yeah. still feel young like, yeah and that's what i want to just that's why i just keep busy with doing all the hobbies i did as a young kid because when i'm doing them it makes me feel like i'm young again so, how do you stay on track because being 22 comes drinking becomes this comes that yeah. comes partying there's a there's a it can very quickly go down a different path and there goes your jockey career and there goes your every other yeah. career so well, do, do how's your relationship with alcohol do you do you have something set in place are you deter too determined to let that take over your life or well i think um i think i could have possibly went one way probably a couple of years ago when i was fresh 18 like i think that was my chance to sort of go one way when i first my weight was good so i could drink whenever i wanted mm -hmm. start fresh 18 going out saturday nights waking up riding sunday like and then then i turned it around and now so i, I don't think i've I don't think I've done that. Like, I think I've mm. gone the right way. And um, obviously, we all still like a beer. Like, I like going out for a drink. But because my weight's no good, I've got no option but to mm. be like to be um, smart about it. So, yeah. like, I can't afford to um, go out and drink all the time because then I can't ride and can't. my weight's no good. Yeah. So, I, um, I'm pretty good. I don't drink too often. Like, I won't drink through the week, nothing like that. I don't just – I won't have a beer at, on a Monday night dinner or nothing like that. I'm more of, like, a binge drinker. So, yeah, so have, you, you, you're young, your mates are going out. I've got if I've, I've got written, yeah, if yeah. I've got a weekend off or something, I'll go out on a Saturday night. And yeah, you yeah. got to you got yeah. you got to let your hair down in that. But like you said, it's it's about being smart about it and whatnot, yeah. and um, yeah, just staying true to course. Because mate, if you keep putting in the hard yards, I'm, I guarantee you'll be sitting here in five years with fucking some trophies and some shit like that, and we'll be going, how yeah, good? We'll I might even it. have to a studio. Yeah, by then, we'll yeah. have to do another podcast in a couple of years. Yeah, see where you're going, mate. So, yeah, all I can say is, mate, thanks heaps for coming on. How good's the story? Oh, that was a great, great podcast. I love it. And, mate, just stay true to course. Stay true to what you love doing and keep moving forward. And, um, yeah, hopefully your career takes off in the direction no, you good. want. good. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on here. Can't, yes, wait, to, can't wait to give it a watch. <laughs> wow, that was the Any Given Chance podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, if you want to see some more action, head over to our socials and give us a like, share, and subscribe. We're on YouTube at the Any Given Chance Podcast and on Instagram and TikTok at Any Given Chance. And if you can hit share and subscribe, much appreciated as we grow. Plus, we're always looking for new guests. So if you know someone in the midst of a battling good little bit of adversity or someone who's been successful, message us direct. We always check out inbox. And of course, if you want to check out old episodes, repurposed ones, you can jump over to our website, which is anygivenchancepodcast.org. Thanks for joining us once again. I'm your host, 3AM365, Matty Menion. No days off, no excuses, and I can't wait to catch you on the next one.